Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, Alex Schiffer joins me for another emergency pod. The Nets are not back. Uh, Kyrie Irving has been suspended. Uh, Just for a quick programming note, Alex was driving down 95 to get to uh, tomorrow's game against the Wizards. We recorded this at 10 o'clock or about 9 o'clock on Thursday night. So, you know, it doesn't sound like super amazing, but please, come on. You know, it's an emergency pod. Let's, uh, Let's have some fun. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Joining me now, he's driving down 95. Alex Schiffer of the Athletic. Alex, um, thank you for hopping on this emergency pod. I, I don't know. Describe to people why you are driving down 95 right now at this moment. Because the Nets play the Wizards tomorrow, and it's going to be an epic battle of Eastern Conference contenders. I mean, this is a shot for the play-in, man. You know. This is play-in positioning right here. Um, just a wild and crazy day. Wild and crazy week and a half for the Nets. Uh, we are, of course, this is an official emergency pod. The Nets have suspended Kyrie Irving for five games, at least. Um, he will not be welcomed back to the team unless if he takes, I think the term is objective remedial steps. Uh, they've re- suspended him essentially because he will not apologize because they view him. This is their words unfit to be with the Nets and um, Kyrie refuses to apologize for his anti-Semitism or supporting anti-Semitic, you know, content. Um, it was a pretty weird day. Alex, um, you were there at the press conference today. Um, going into it, what was your expectation? Like, how did it all develop? Did you know that you guys were going to be getting Kyrie until up until obviously the moment that you got him? But how soon did you know that you were actually going to get Kyrie? And what was your expectation? Yeah, I was tipped off last night that he was going to talk. You know, um, I'm always kind of skeptical. He's going to talk until he's right in front of us. Um. And he started walking over to us with no Nets PR person in sight or, or next to him. Uh, weirdly enough, he looked at us as a group and shot us a peace sign. Um, and then he started, and we maybe got three, four questions in as a, as a total. Um, mine was the last one about the Stephen Bondi's ADL report that he did not directly meet with the ADL. I know he spoke at length for you know, a minute, 
minute and a half, two minutes at a time. Uh, I wasn't expecting um, a long press conference because the last one was cut short. I wasn't expecting us to be able to ask our full range of questions. Um, and in terms of answers, I didn't really know what to expect because Saturday's press conference was so wild to me. I feel like putting expectations would have been uh, would have been dumb and showed I didn't learn anything from the previous one. Yeah, I mean, I let me ask you this: What do you think the Nets' expectations were? Because I think that's something that's kind of important. Is so I, I tweet out this image on at BK Glue Guys on Twitter. Follow if you must. That the last two tweets from the Brooklyn Nets account, one was of last night, this joint statement between Kyrie, the Nets, and the ADL, declaring this amount of money that's been going to charity, $500,000, that the ADL has decided to reject um, from Kyrie Irving. And about, you know, the, the statement uh, that was the apology, non apology, right? And it seems like the. Th- the thing that the Nets are hanging on to right now is that Kyrie did not apologize. Um, what do you think the Nets expected from Kyrie? The, they seem like they are, they expected Kyrie to do something like, I am sorry, and he didn't do it, which is weird because they wrote this statement with Kyrie Irving and he didn't apologize. He did not apologize in that very statement that they wrote with him. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know how much I have to add there, but I guess I'll say I spoke to one person last night who was skeptical that he was going to apologize, but also seemed to think that it was going to be a better press conference um, than Saturday's in terms of uh, toxicity. So that's why it was tough to gauge expectations because it's like, all right, you're going into this. You're not expecting it to be as hostile as it was. Saturday, but also you're kind of skeptical yourself that this is going to go the way it's supposed to. So that's why that that's what adds to all the weirdness in this. You know what I mean? I think everyone's just kind of done making predictions on all this. Um. So yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I credit the ABL for not uh, for, for rejecting the money and everything. Um. I, I mean, this has been so ridiculous on so many levels. Um. You know, I and and think about. How many weeks ago or how many days ago? I'm trying to do the math in my head real quick as the one that tweet first appeared. Like, this has been so much after the fact than um, punishment-wise and we've seen with other stuff in the NBA. It, it's kind of crazy to me that it, it took this long to really come to a head. And I don't even know if you could say it came to a head. Do you think, was it Adam Silver's statement this morning? Do you think that had a huge impact on what's happening right now? With... Because I think it had an impact on Kyrie's mood. I do. You, do does he know? Do we know if he knew that statement was was out by the time he talked yeah, to him? Yeah, he was asked about it. He was asked about it, and that's when he started with the non-apology. If that's what we're gonna call it. Yeah, that's what I would call it. Where he doesn't apologize. That's a a non-apology. Yeah, I, know we were that. Yeah. I mean, he, he he did the whole the classic. Uh, I'm sorry, people were offended. Which which is not. Uh, an apology and it's so i think it's kind of silly right ultimately on a base level that um people just want to hear an apology like that i i think it has to go it goes deeper than that i I think if people are saying the nets only wanted to see an apology which is kind of what i said so i'll backtrack on my own words what it is is like any level of contrition of any real 
sense. Like the way he keeps talking, it's very Aaron Rodgers esque. You know, you, people compare him to Kyrie Irving or okay. to, to Kanye West. It's very Aaron Rodgers anti-vax. The oh, way Aaron Rodgers talked about it last season, yeah. where he would say things like "I'm immune, immunized, immunized." I don't really know what the word is, but um, where he thought he was outsmarting the people who was asking him questions. The example for Kyrie is that he keeps hanging on with the word anti-Semitic. He keeps using the term as saying, I can't be anti-Semitic because, um, you know, I know where I came from. I think that's literally his quote. He, he thinks he's being clever and smart about it, that in the way that Kanye West was when he talks about all this stuff, too, when he's missing the forest through the trees, he thinks he's being funny by understanding not funny. He thinks he's being clever for understanding that maybe his roots reach back in, in terms of the term Semites. But when people say anti-Semitic, they mean it as, you know, anti-Jewish. Uh, that's how we describe the term. I mean, it just I, I said this on the show today. So you're my second episode of the day. Um, that the, the, the Nets never- <laughs> I had Jay King on earlier today to talk about Ime Odoka. Um, which truly, um, that podcast actually may not, that may be dated too. Um, because we'll have to talk about that at the end of this episode, you and I, but I said the net should be done with Kyrie, that, that he was toxic, that his off the court distractions are so overwhelming and so outsized to anything in the history of the NBA then imagine how shitty it is to play with that guy. And the Nets have finally made the decision that that is true. Um, obviously, you haven't got to talk to many people because, one, you're driving down 95, passing along many great rest stops. Um, do you have any sense of how this news is, is being taken within the organization, within the NBA? How has this been going on? I feel like this is a talk around question to ask if I've been texting and driving, Mike, and that my mother's going to pull receipts on me and beat the crap out of me if I say yes. Um, I think that's what this really is. Um, <laughs> I've, I've had some preliminary talks, but not not been able to reach everybody I'd like to. You know, um, I, I, I think there's less surprise than you think just because, again, like we've seen him act. Um, you know, between the vaccine stuff, really like a bunch of different things. You know, I, I think that some of this was predictable in some ways that this is where it was going since earlier today. You know what I mean? So um, I, I think the bigger question is just, you know, getting Kyrie to listen, as you've kind of alluded to, is a lot easier said than done. And we already, he really didn't take the, get the vaccine last year, which would have been a thing for the betterment of the team so he could play full time. And go through this course or whatever. I read the statement a bit. Driving, you know, there there are steps he has to take to get back on the court. Is he interested in taking those steps, or is this it? That's where my brain kind of goes right now because I'm skeptical that he want he's willing to do or going to do what's asked of him in order to um in order to. 
get back on the court. I don't think he he will in any serious attempt. Like, you know, this is again, you talk about the anti vax stance. This is the same person, right? Where he speaking he spoke about this, how much money he's lost and the damage to his reputation for taking the stance that he thinks is right. And I, I'm not even gonna relitigate that, but he thought yeah, it was right. I don't have alcohol in front of me, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you're not texting and drinking and driving. Alex. That's true. I'd be like the model, uh, the model citizen from like the Highway Patrol. Like, don't be like this guy <laughs> at all. You want uh, to might even throw covering the nets in there too, given the week I've had. Yes, yes, it'd actually be understandable. Any officer that pull you over, you just tell them that you cover the Brooklyn Nets, and they would all, they would all understand. Um, you know, so I got a text from a, a front office member I know, um, from a, not not outside the Nets. And uh, the, the text read, got a call from my GM this morning that said, I couldn't imagine being a Nets beat writer right now. To which I said, I know one of those guys. And he, the GM asked, is he still with us? You said this was this person was not with the Nets, right? Yes, this is a different front office. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell Who was it? Say their name. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Alex, let's keep playing this out, okay? Let, let, let's say Kyrie Irving plays. He he doesn't come back within the five-game time frame. The suspension is at least five games. I'm with you, the type of person that he is, the way he's acted over this entire saga. Totally self-created. I just want to remind people, Kyrie is the one that tweeted out this link. It's not like, I don't know even what a comparable will be. I, I've, I've said this excuse before where it's like, if he had pulled a quote from the documentary and then we found the documentary and then we watched the documentary, we're like, hey, that's awful anti-Semitic stuff. And then he was like, well, I just used a quote. There's some defense there. He tweeted out a link and Instagrammed a link to millions of people on his feed. And again, a situation which I am adamant about was a response to the Kanye West stuff. And we've seen Kanye West is on a tweet storm. I don't know how I call it a tweet storm, but he's been tweeting about Kyrie very recently tonight after this new, he tweeted out the Nets press release and then he tweeted out a couple more things. He tweeted out an Amari Stoudemire link about how Amari's told Kyrie to apologize and how like we're pitting each other against each other and all this stuff. All this stuff, this is all created by Kyrie, but anyways, five games, let's say it's more. What happens to this team, Alex? Do you, what future do you see? Are they still a title contender? <laughs> what do you see? I I don't see a title contender. I would say I, I'd say it puts a Kevin Durant said at media day that his trade request was based around the, the uncertainty with the future of the organization and the Nets um, the Nets inability to compete without him. So check the first box, and I'm not putting words in Kevin's mouth. This is me talking. Um, check the first box off with uncertainty with the organization. Now, Kevin is not – now, Kevin is healthy. Ben Simmons has knee soreness. And Kyrie, as we have just discussed, is, is sidelined for a while. So the onus now falls off back on Kevin Durant, which he had said was what he was looking to avoid. 
So I don't I don't even know if, if Kevin were to bring his trade ultimatum back up. Essentially everything that Kevin was hoping to avoid is now here. And I uh are you still with me? Yeah, I just got you back. Yeah, you we missed like okay, just like three. You said so you got cut off around Kevin. It was just only like five seconds ago. Okay. So yeah, I Kevin would ask for a for another trade request, but I, I think you can make an argument that that should be more proactive this time and and assuming it has his blessing, I don't think you trade your franchise player a star of his caliber without talking to him first, but I, I it wouldn't stun me if that's where this goes. And then from there, I mean, who knows what the roster looks like by the end of the year. You know, John Hollinger, if you remember during the height of the Kevin uh, ultimatum stuff, talked about how the Nets still have their first round pick this year and with the Rockets, um, with the Rockets still being bad, that you could still land a good pick in this year's draft. I don't think that's a, I think that's a direction it could end up turning just because I don't see any other better way of adding it. Yeah. And, and it feels easy to like say this, but this is, it, it is true. Like, you know, as much as Kevin Durant claimed that he recommitted himself to this franchise, I don't want to say it's understandable that he would ask out, but Kyrie is so corrupted this team. It's so corrupted the future of this team and the James Harden trade. I mean, honestly, James Harden deserves credit for understanding who Kyrie is and getting the hell out of town. Um, he understood it before Kevin Durant did. And so he gets out of town. The Nets get Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons has played, what, four games? Um, maybe five. And he has knee soreness now, which I'm way worried about. Can, give me a, What do we know about Ben Simmons' knee soreness real quick? He's not traveling with the team. Uh, he's not playing in the back-to-back, -back, according to Jacques Vaughn. And, uh, um, and Tuesday, I mean, they didn't rule him out for Tuesday, but I have a hard time seeing him. Uh, play Tuesday. This is uh, this is the Nets medical staff we're talking about. They're as cautious as anybody. So, I mean, I I think the real question right now is with Ben Simmons is is he going to go with the Nets on that West Coast trip because he's out the next two days. Then uh, they come back. Then they have Dallas. Then they have. Uh, well, they play the Knicks on the Wednesday. Knicks. Yeah. Yeah, and then you start talking about what does this look like. For my AirPods died, by the way. I'm going, I'm just holding the phone straight up. Yeah, it but, sounds um, way better. I love it. Um, But yeah, I, I think the real question is, putting it out a little ahead, is do we see Ben Simmons on this West Coast trip more than anything else? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So, and then let's play that out. Kevin Durant's playing by himself for at least at least two two three games probably longer maybe even way longer than that like i mean we need to properly understand what kyrie irving has done people may want to blame joe Sy, people want to blame sean marks people want to blame steve nash people want to blame kevin durant people want to blame ben simmons even though he's kind of like 
he wasn't he was uh kind of forced into the situation Kyrie has created these things Kyrie has decided decided not to get a vaccination which it got you know hundreds of million people have have used and are seemingly happy about um Kyrie decided to tweet out this video. Luckily that Rolling Stone understood that he tweeted it out and caught it and wrote about it. And now everyone else is talking about it. Um, you know, so like and Kevin Durant shows Kyrie to go with Kyrie and all that stuff. So it's like partly tied to Kevin Durant and all that stuff. But Kyrie has really created this situation himself. Right. And as and as damaging as hard as that is for you for Nets fans who are like, you know, if Kevin Durant's toe wasn't so large, they would have beaten the Bucks. And if they beat the Bucks in that series two years ago, then maybe the Nets go on to a championship and maybe they win a championship and everything's kind of different. We're at the precipice of this thing being completely blown up because all it takes is one tweet from Kevin Durant or Rich Kleiman to say Kevin Durant wants, wants to get out of town. And then the entire NBA starts calling Sean Marks again. And they start asking what it's going to take. Now, Alex, you and I talked about this in our pre-show meeting. And I think it's kind of interesting. I mean, the funny thing is, like, we're talking about all this and, like, it feels so casual that they would trade Kevin Durant. You thought that maybe the market wouldn't be as robust as the summer. I don't know. Is that correct? You don't think it would be? I I don't know that. It's just I don't know what you can get back right now. Um. You know, we we talked about, well, first off, I think the Nets have two problems. We know the market was suppressed partially because the Nets have Ben Simmons on a rookie extension and you can't have two of those guys. And now more than ever, I feel like that's a bigger problem because in the summer, it's like, well, they have Ben Simmons. Let's see what he looks like first. Now it's like, well, what are you going to be able to offload him for, if anything? And who knows what happens with his knee? Um... So I, I just kind of wonder what options there are that can really kickstart the rebuild outside of draft picks. And by the way, a lot of these contending teams have given their draft picks up to future teams. So what can you get right now that fits what you're trying to do What by blowing this up, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think the difference. So there's a couple of factors that may benefit the Nets, and I'm just trying to be an optimist. It's one that all the free agents that signed this summer are able to be traded. I think December 15th is the date. So all those, all those contracts that were not allowed to be traded are now able to be traded, which, which opens up the entire league, except for all the guys who are on the rookie max extensions that Ben Simmons is, but I'll get to Ben Simmons in a moment. Uh, there are so many contending teams. Look at the Western conference standings. I wouldn't say those teams are desperate, but these are teams that are not even in the play-in, not even the 10th seed. The Clippers, the Warriors, and the Lakers. And we know the Lakers' desperation. Now, can those teams complete a deal? Like, I mean, the Clippers, it would be really, I mean, they have no draft picks to trade, so they couldn't. You know, they don't have any young players of interest. The Lakers have Russell Westbrook and two first-round picks. That's just not enough for the Nets. Like, the Nets can do better than that for Kevin Durant. The Warriors... Definitely have a trade to make. They have a bunch of young dudes and all that stuff, but like it's the, you know, do the other warriors actually that desperate or are they just trying to like figure stuff out? I mean, they had their own locker room issues and maybe part of the deal is that they send Draymond green to Brooklyn. 
with a bunch of young players and draft picks, and that's part of the deal. But I'm just saying the, the entire NBA becomes more open during the season. Um, now, I agree with you, though, that the same issues that the Nets ran into this offseason, they're running into it right now. The thing is, we're way more likely for a Kevin Durant deal because, you know, if Kevin Durant truly asks out again, the Nets have no hope to lean on. Kyrie is gone because he's promoting anti-Semitic material. Ben Simmons is hurt again, and he was ineffective to begin with. Now, I'll say this about Ben Simmons, and Alex, I don't know how you feel. I mean, this is way early on. I know this is speculation. This is an emergency pod, people. Don't hold us to this. There was some buzz that the Nets would, before even the season started, that within trades trying to figure out Kevin Durant, the Nets were moving to, willing to move Ben Simmons if it meant that they would get a guy on a rookie max extension in place for, for Kevin Durant, and then they would move Ben Simmons in another trade, right? Like they would have figured that out. Potentially, this is reported. I think the Nets would be pretty willing to just kind of dump Ben Simmons if it meant that the guy coming back in the KD trade was awesome. Now, I don't know who that would be. You know, like, who knows at this point? There's, the, there's, you know, they were just speculation theater. But I think that at this point, the Nets, you know, they, they know Kyrie is, no one wants him. He's a toxic asset in the league. Kevin Durant is the one thing you got that can restart this rebuild. And Ben Simmons has already kind of shown that, like, well, we, we don't know what he is. He could be good again. He could be really good again. But what he's shown so far has been underwhelming. Do you agree with that line? Is that too far? Is it too far to already be like, maybe the Nets just bump dump Ben Simmons to get, if there's a guy who's on a rookie max extension, that they would basically dump Simmons to be able to get that other person via Kevin Durant trade? Yes, I agree with all that. I guess where my skepticism comes in is just, who would take Ben Simmons right now, and what does that market look like? I mean, how much of the net? How are how much of the salary of the net seating? Um, I'm trying to parallel park while doing a podcast. Well, look 20, at you. Where are you? Where are you right now? I'm pulling up to my college roommate so I can write my next story off of the stuff. Um, drive down you, to drive down to where I am. I'm so close to you. I'm just outside DC. You don't want me in your podcast. You want me in your house. You're so full of crap. <laughs> you, I have animal crackers. To sh- I have great. Oh great damn, stuff. that's that's a tough thing to break out on me. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so I I agree that the Nets would dump Ben Simmons to get a better return in terms of guys on rookie extensions. I just don't know what that looks like, and and the thing I wonder about this this, this actually isn't a bad comparison by me off the top of my head. Is oh, it Jesus. a Russell Westbrook situation where Ben Simmons is so untouchable right now, you need to attach assets to get rid of him? And if so, what does that look like for the Nets who have no draft assets? I mean, um, well, you they, don't have any, you can't get rid of any remaining picks you have. You need those badly. Um, this, is Tam Thomas or Dayron enough? I, I would hold on to Nick Claxton personally. Um, I don't know what that looks like because I don't know how easy it would be to offload him. And that's where I think it gets a little tricky. Well, yeah. And I think the only reason why you offload him is if the guy in the KD trade is like so interesting and great. And there's really not that big of a list to be like, it's like Bam at a bio. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's already been moved. Um, 
there's just not that many guys on rookie max extensions that are awesome that would like you know people say brandon ingram i don't know if he's even on a rookie i don't know if he got the max but if he did i don't think new orleans is moving they could have had kevin durant this summer probably if they put brandon ingram in a deal all indications were that ingram would have never been in any deal um i would rather try to get that lakers pick back from uh new orleans than brandon ingram personally given the draft this year yeah, I for the I mean the Nets also have the 76ers pick. Don't forget, you know that, and that's with James Harden no, out for I a month. That's the one that went for Royce O'Neal. No, no, the Nets traded. Um, I'm pretty sure the Nets have the 76ers pick. I, I think, thought they traded the 2023, and they have the lower of the uh, the two with them and the Rockets. So how I think it shakes out is the Rockets have the best pick of of the Nets and their own pick. I'm pretty sure the Nets traded their own 2023 and, and they have the 76ers pick. I thought they traded the second. Hold on. You know what? How are we arguing this? Let me see. You, you figure that out, but I, here, here's something that, you know, everyone keeps saying Kyrie for, Hey, call up the Lakers right now. Kyrie for Russ in two firsts. I mean, I would rather have Russell Westbrook than Kyrie Irving. There's no question. I know that him and Ben Simmons, there's zero fit. But frankly, Ben Simmons has not shown enough for me to like care about that. Um, and of course, Kevin Durant doesn't want Russ. Uh, Russ is an anti is not promoting anti-Semitic material. The thing is, the Lakers are not going to give up Russell Westbrook and two first-round picks anymore for Kyrie. Because they're smart enough to know that this situation is headed towards the Nets banishing, cutting Kyrie. I mean, that's where it's going to go. If Kyrie wants to, he could just stay silent and the Nets would eventually potentially cut him. And then he just signs with the Lakers and then he has his apology. I mean, like, you know, the, the Nets are not getting anything for Kyrie. I said on the podcast today, that the only deal I think would ever make sense for another team to do is a team that has a couple of guys on bad contracts who extend further than this year. And Evan Fournier is one of those guys, though I can't, even as damaged as the Knicks have been as an organization, I can't see them trading for Kyrie Irving. The other team I thought about were the Utah Jazz because they have multiple guys like Lori Markinen, uh, Jordan Clarkson, and Mike Conley, not just this year, but next year, some of them the year after. And they're trying to tank, even though they're a better team than the Nets are right now. So, like, you could make, you know, Irving for Mike Connolly and another guy. And for the Nets, at least they're thinking, okay, Mike Connolly's a nice person and a, a reliable person. And for the Jazz, it's like, well, we just get to tank. And, and our books are going to be the cleanest in the world going into next year. So, I think those are the only ways that Kyrie Irving leaves town. And I, you know, I, Alex, we haven't really definitively said this. I would be shocked if he played for the Nets again because for him to take remedial steps, there is, I can, cannot imagine the guy that you saw at the press conference today that you saw yelling at reporters the other day on Saturday night to, to take remedial steps. That's not the guy that's going to do that as much as I'm yelling. Sorry. Um, I agree. What, what pick do the Nets have? They have their own. 
They don't have the 76ers? Gave that one to uh, Utah. Okay. So, they, so, yeah, they can tank. And, and then get a top six pick because the, the Rockets will also be bad this year, too. Yes. This I mean, is where I, I leave you. I have to go write my story. One final thought. Give me one go final ahead. thought. No, you're going to talk. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say something like, I know we're, I feel kind of, I always kind of talk glibly, like I'm a little glib about this, but like, this is, this is so significant what the Nets just did. I think it's completely deserved. Maybe it's a little bit too late. They tried to give Kyrie time to say what, you know, most people would have said in the situation, but he stood his ground and the Nets made, you know, the Nets are a very funny organization. They will give people leeway and then they will shut the door <laughs> on them. Um, what do you, what's, what's your final thought, Alex? Um, I think it's going to be a very interesting few weeks, as you said, given all the, the fallout and, uh, and yeah, I, uh, I just wanted to end by saying that you were the one that suggested for them to run it back. And where did that get you? I appreciate that. That's how you end the pod. Um, I will also be the first person to say that, um, you know, I've been on the Skyrie Irving thing before anyone else, you know, so I'll take credit for that. All right, Alex, I appreciate you have, have a great story. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow live and in person. I'm so excited. Cool. All right, well, that's it on the show today. I I mean, I know Alex was, you know, he's on his phone. It didn't sound that good. What are you going to do? You know, this is an emergency pod. Brian's traveling. I couldn't get Brian. So I go to Alex and he's on 95 trying to do his job, trying to cover this team. So, and my voice is already, um, it's, it's leaving me right now as I speak. Final thought for me, again, uh, this is the end, okay? I I would be very surprised if if there's anything that happens that brings Kyrie Irving back to the team because of who he is, because he is so set in his ways. When he has a thought, he clings to it. He did that with the anti-vax stance that he's doing it now. So I I don't have any faith that he'll be with the team. Maybe he will. Um, and may, it'll be brief. I think the Nets want to be done with him. And I I hope there's another team calling the Nets to say, hey, we'll give you X, Y, and Z for this. You know, I just watched the movie Margin Call again. If you don't know what Margin Call is, it, it, it's the movie that um, I think it was in Credit Suisse or one of the other banks during the mortgage crisis where they made the decision to sell all their tranches of toxic mortgages. And that set off the home mortgage crisis. And what they had to do, they had to make the decision that the way they condense it in the film, a risk management manager, mismanagement manager, had basically figured out that every their whole entire system, but their whole, the equation that their company was based off of, it was broken. That the data going into it, the amount of defaulting on mortgages was completely broken and was about to swallow their company whole with the amount of troubled assets that they would have on their books. So they had these series of meetings over a 24-hour span where they eventually decided in the morning when the market would start, they would sell all of their toxic assets 
as soon and as as quickly as possible, no matter what the price. Because it was better to sell something that still had a little value than something that had no value that would destroy the company. The Nets are in their margin call territory. They are in their margin call territory. They're sitting there with this toxic asset on their books, Kyrie Irving. They know he's a toxic asset. I'm pretty sure the entire NBA knows it at this point. Is there one team out there? Is there one single team that maybe thinks, hey, we'll bring him in. We'll have him apologize. And then he'll play basketball for us and we'll win a championship. The Sacramento Spurs, someone. I don't know. I highly doubt anyone. I think everyone at this point knows that Kyrie Irving is a toxic asset, is a tranche of B-rated mortgage home loans pre-2008 crash. I think it was 2008. And what that effect is, is that because the Nets had this toxic asset on their books, it spoils the one good thing that they have, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is going to be gone. It would be against his character, against his pattern of behavior to want to stay with this team. He has already shown his cards. This summer, he did not want to be here. He wanted Sean Marks and Steve Nash fired. That's what he said. He also wanted accountability. At this point, it's hard for me to believe that Kevin Durant wants to stay around when his friend, Kyrie Irving, though as conflicted as Durant may be, because I still think part of what led into Durant wanting to leave was how um, unpredictable Kyrie was. But he sees Kyrie Irving. He's been suspended by the team. No hope in sight for him coming back. It's all on Kyrie. Ball's in his court. Check, check. Ben Simmons is hurt. Seth Curry may play. I don't know. Joe Harris in and out of the lineup. What's the super team that he created? Kevin Durant. It doesn't exist anymore. And so it's so easy for Kevin Durant to say, I want to be traded. I want to go. And I'm not going to play basketball for the Nets until I am traded. I mean, that's the card that he has, which is not to play basketball. And we'll see. If he does that, we can definitively, of course, say the Kevin Durant era is over. It is one of the biggest debacles in basketball history, what happened here. And Kevin Durant is partially to blame, but Kyrie Irving is the primary actor in the destruction of this franchise. I'm being dramatic. I can't help it. It it is so damaging what this guy has done, and he doesn't care. He has no. He doesn't care. Kyrie doesn't care what he does. What he's done. He has no remorse. He doesn't care about fitting into an overall ethic, a society, a team motto. It has no impact on his thinking. He only cares about himself. He makes these decisions in a vacuum, and his vacuum includes just himself in there. That's how he makes these decisions. He doesn't care about how anyone else feels. He asks us not to dehumanize him, but he doesn't care about he care he does he does a lot of charitable acts. You know, that's great. Mazel tov. Oh, I just used that word. But he doesn't care about the team, about winning, about an organization, about fans. It's not his deal. 
So I'll thank Alex again for being on the show. Well, I mean, we're going to have so many more shows. I'll be at the game Friday. Maybe I'll do something there with Alex. Real quick thing. I mean, we're just pumping out content. Let's go. Check us out on Twitter at PK Glue, guys. Thanks for listening.